Welcome to another episode of Today's Tick. My name is Trent Scheidecker. I'm a chiropractor and I'm also an advocate for chiropractors who locate, analyze, and facilitate the correction of vertebral subluxation for the better expression of the body's innate intelligence. Each week we like to study in an inspiring principle, question, or chiropractor to help you acquire today's philosophy, science, and art of chiropractic. Thanks for investing your time with us as a student of chiropractic. Now let the class begin. Welcome back everyone to today's tick. I'm Trent Scheidecker and today we've got a special guest with us. This is Dr. John Davila. John is a leading expert in documentation requirements and compliancy uh, within the profession. He's uh, been a friend of mine over the past couple of years to become super compliant in the industry. So I'm excited for today's conversation. And uh, we really wanted to hone in on a specific topic uh, today. But before we open that topic up, I'm just going to welcome you, John. Uh, how are you doing, man? Good, good, good to good to talk with you again. It's always good. To, it's always good to talk to you, especially in these circumstances. Yes. Uh, <laughs> always, always positive when we're trying to give information, not uh, not not have to uh, play the game. But this is um, this is good stuff. I, I enjoy I enjoy these conversations because they're always from a uh, the, from the position of uh, how to practice in in power, and not in fear. So this is definitely one of the situations that. where exactly what you want to be able to do is is to is to definitely be. Uh, uh, resolute in some yeah. of the things that you have to do that are just not, aren't really practice related, really, honestly, not, not the stuff we went to school for. Yeah. You know, your website says it really well. You, uh, I believe it says, um, you, uh, you can help, uh, all chiropractors pretty much regardless of technique or philosophy and, uh, or how they collect money. Yeah. And you know, uh, the old me probably would have looked at that statement and, but the new me is looking at it. Like, uh, you got a lot of love for the profession, a lot of love for other chiropractors. And I, uh, salute you for what you do for, uh, for those out there that are, uh, trying to help other people. You're helping Thanks, us. That means a lot. Yeah. I appreciate it. That. That's, that's, that's better. That, that's, that's, that means a lot. That really does. Considering where, where our conversation started to this point in time, that's, that means a lot. Yeah, we'll have, uh, I think we have plenty of topics to cover here on this podcast that we can uh, open up in, in future episodes. Today is going to be a, uh, not a light one, because just like we were talking, I think uh, it is a serious conversation and worthwhile to have. So uh, I'm going to open it up here with uh, right off the bat, uh, what is HIPAA and how does yeah. that pertain to us as chiropractors? Well, it, it pertains to us quite a bit, and regardless of what type of practice you run, uh whether you get paid up front or, you know, cash for by somebody or you send a, a bill into the insurance, this, this whole idea of privacy is, is a big thing. And, and when we say HIPAA, the, our conversation really is, is, is more about the privacy. Uh, there's some things that you can do from electronic security. Um, uh, the reason why we brought this up, cause we could talk about a, a, a dozen different things compliance wise, but the reason why I wanted to bring this up first is because the more and more and more you get, uh, younger people into this game, uh, more technologically advanced people into this game, and people of my age and older start to phase out. What you're going to find is technology is easy for them, 
and access to technology is extremely easy for these people. And especially if we're talking about students right now with the, all, the, all the access they have via Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or whatever platform, Google Plus, if that's even still a thing anymore. Um, but what I mean is that type of, uh, that type of all-time access is, is something that could be a good thing. Uh, being, being available to your clients is a good thing. Uh, to your patients is a good thing. Uh, it can also be a bad thing if not handled correctly, just like any other technology, not having the right way to manage it is a, it can be a bad thing. So, I mean, in, in chiropractic, there's really two main components that I want to talk about that are related to what we do. First one's privacy. The second one's electronic security um, and what you need to do because neither one is fun, but uh, both of them can really, really uh uh, take up a lot of your time, but if you if you know exactly how to manage this, it, there's it can, it can be relatively easy, and as long as you're resolute with your staff, it can be really 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 easy. That's good, and I appreciate the overview before we dive into it. So HIPAA pertains to both privacy and security, correct? Exactly. Well, there's a bunch of other things related to it, but for this purpose of this conversation, yes, privacy and and security, yeah, and that's and and. And it's that I'm I'm of the belief that that is the next big uh, compliance issue in healthcare is 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 privacy and security and and those two things are gonna are are really in in the process of beginning to flesh out and really turn themselves into big uh, fines and issues for uh, for providers as they go forward, especially for a couple of different reasons, but we'll talk about that. But that's, those are, those are some of the things that, that I see coming in the future, especially if we're going to talk about people that are, you know, not technologically uh, uh, suppressed and, and are, people are technologically savvy. These types of uh, security issues and privacy issues are really, really things that they need to keep an eye on. Perfect. So let's go way back to the beginning. Who's monitoring HIPAA? Who, who's, oh, let's, let's, get, let's pretend you're talking to a student of chiropractic yeah. and he hasn't joined or he hasn't started his practice yet. I mean, like give us the most basics on privacy and security. The most basics, uh, the most basics is don't tell anyone anything. Okay. That's the most, most basics. And, 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 and when we, when we say that it's like, you know, keep the information and, and keep all of it private. Uh, don't tell anybody anything. Don't give anything away. That kind of stuff. I, I mean, that's that's basic general stuff. But the, yeah, but yeah, but the government is is the feds are, are managing this through the Office for Civil Rights, uh, okay. and that's where it's all coming from. And when you set up your policies, and everything else that that's that you know you 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 can have a patient refer you to them for you know for review. Now, what's interesting is most states have uh, privacy laws also. Okay. Um, and the only time that the state law is trumped by federal law is when it's more restrictive. And that's, you know, few, there's a few things here and there in most states that are, that might be a little tweak that one state may have something more restrictive than the federal law, but it's real simple. If you go by federal law, 99% of the time, you're, you're going to be more than, more than fine when it comes to that. So I know in our state, South Carolina, it, it they just basically photocopied and then passed the entire thing. And that's how our privacy law came into effect when, uh, when everything came through about 2005, 2006, somewhere in there. Okay. So uh, right off the bat, you said, uh, regardless of the way you practice, you have to be uh, up to standards of privacy and security 
uh, so regard, let's, let's pretend again now students coming out of school and they have the choice of going insurance reimbursement or a hundred percent cash regardless of how you practice, you need to follow right. these rules. Yeah. It, it, there's, there, there are, there are exemptions to, to, to HIPAA. That's if you've never filed an electronic claim, if you've never once filed, electronic, once you file one electronic claim, you're fine. I mean, you're, you're included once you file or once you ask for any data from a health insurance company to verify someone's insurance online, uh, those types, any type of data transfer that is, that is online drags you into the system. So I know if you, if you, if you submit a claim for a patient, you're in, uh, if you give a patient a super bill, you're fine. Uh, but if you call to figure out what their benefits are, or, you know, have the benefits sent to you uh, via electronically, not call, but via, via sent email or something like that, you're in the middle of this game also. So it's very, very few people that are exempt. I know very, very few people that are exempt from the whole HIPAA rule, but um, it, it, can, it can happen. It's just really, 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 really a small percentage of people. Most people are, are, are involved, especially within Cairo, because you have to submit for a Medicare patient. And that's where now once you submit for Medicare patient, you know, you're in now, can you submit a paper claim for Medicare patient? Yes. In a very, very small group. If you have less than so many people, you have less than so many patients that all this, you know, if yeah. you're exempt from this whole HIPAA thing, that's one way you can stay out of it. But the, the reality is, is as things start to change and, and as, as things go more and more to the side of uh, technology, it's going to end up with everyone involved at some point. In time. I, I think the government really wants to find a way to get everyone involved. That way everybody is covered for privacy rules and uh, security and all that stuff. So what are you uh, talking to the students out there again? What do you have to do to become HIPAA compliant? Okay. So to become HIPAA compliant, the, the first thing is you have to have policy. Okay. Uh, you have to have a HIPAA policy. We suggested with our clients and, and especially with you guys, uh, that you have a policy manual, a compliance manual in your compliance yep. manual, all of your privacy rules are listed. Uh, what you're going to do, things like that trainings, uh, especially with, with our, on our website for our clients, we have a link that goes out to the, to the federal government on, on a specific training for HIPAA, HIPAA privacy, um, that you could, that any, that anyone could take it's on the office for civil rights website. Uh, so that training staff training, continual training, this is, this is that this is this is important uh, this is an important data point if you ignore it it will come this will come back to bite you because at some point in time even the most well-meaning person has something come back to them and it doesn't matter because you, you i mean you had that cool grandma right like she rocks out and all this different stuff and i love i have a picture in one of the slide sets that i use this old lady like this yeah uh, you know she's cool until you make her mad and then she's not cool anymore Correct. And that's true with absolutely everybody. So, I mean, you can say, oh, my patients love me. And I hear this all the time. My patients love me. They would never do anything to hurt me. And then, you know, it's not them. They go and they tell, you know, they, they change doctors and the doctor doesn't like you, finds out. He files a report. It could be any one number of things. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not good. It's not good. So these, these types of issues you can, for, for HIPAA itself, these are all things that are, I consider HIPAA problems to be self-inflicted wounds. Okay. So you, you get a policy, you do some training. 
do some training and you, and you keep up with it, keep, keep going, keep going, keep going, or you hire someone to do it for you, which is the easy way, which is the easy way to handle. I mean, you can get someone to, to give you the policy manual and help you with policies and then act as your compliance officer. And then, you know, if something happens, there's, there's, there's steps once something happens, but once you do that, uh, once you do that meeting, get some help with that, the process becomes a lot easier because the issue with, with creating policy is uh, if I'm new in practice, I don't know what policy to create. I mean, I'll right. write all day long. I just know what it is. So what we try and do is give people what we do with our company is, is to give people, here's the, the, the outline, the framework. And then from there, you have to customize it to yourself. I would be very, very wary of not uh, the term. I don't like the term boilerplated, but I, I, I use the term uh, uh, adopted policies. Uh, a policy when you when you when you get started in this process of either from uh, insurance compliance or OIG compliance or Medicare compliance or HIPAA compliance those things when you take a, you you borrow someone else's policy manual say I took my friend's policy manual here we go I'm going to use my friend's policy manual that's cool I have no problem with that except for your pro your process and your practice are not the same as the other person and if you take that policy manual and you that is yours everyone signs it and you don't follow it, and then something goes wrong, now you're held to the standard in the policy manual that you never used because you just thought, oh, well, well this policy manual is like garlic around my neck. It keeps me away from vampires and, you know, and, and, and werewolves or whatever. I don't know, whatever they do. But anyway, that's, but that's you know, that's what people do. They, they just, they gather things and say, okay, fine, and they put around them like a, like a, like a you know, body armor, pseudo body armor, and it doesn't do anything for you. You have to actually get something, utilize yes. it, customize, yeah, customize to what you need and then go from there. Yeah. Not only that, I would like to add uh, a little bit of a plug, but you need, you need the right people to help you um, in the, in the case of emergency or in the case of, let's just say there is a complaint, you want the right people at your side because the manual, sure, it's it's there and it's telling you what the policy is, but the manual um, backed up by uh, uh, people that know what they're doing uh, can create better implementation. Of oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things, too. I mean, we'll talk about what, what violations could happen, but if something does happen, right? So let's say the, the first couple steps in this process really are obviously having written a policy manual. Okay, that's the first thing. Uh, but it has to be customized to what you, to what you actually do in your office. Then at that point in time, you need to have your staff trained. Your staff has to train on the stuff. It, I mean, I understand that no one enjoys this. I mean, no one ever like thinks this is like the most fun thing on the face of the earth. In fact, even someone with my own mindset, I hate this painful reading HIPAA stuff. Now, once that's done, you should continually do it year in, year out, look for things, read articles, stuff like that. We, and we have, uh, obviously in our, in our program, we have uh, videos and trainings, things like that for our clients to stay up on date, up to date with these things. But let's say something does happen. Okay. If something does happen, if you don't address it immediately now, today, if you do not address it today and wait for it again, you're going to forget because the issue about compliance in general, and this is true about compliance in general, not just compliance about HIPAA, you cannot, cannot 
manage the compliance of your office next to your adjusting table while you're adjusting people. You can't, you won't, you cannot, you, it's hard enough to get someone in practice to manage when someone's re exams are, let alone manage their compliance for anything in the office. This all has to be done in advance. Your team needs to know what all these rules are almost as if they are little tattletales in your office that come running. You say, Hey doc, this happened. We need to know, we need to, ha- we need to manage this now. Now, if something does happen and, it's, and, it, and it happens right then and there, you need to have the process. And I'll tell you the process, the process is simple. The process is A, you address it right then and there. You manage it right then and there. You fill out what's called an incident report. This is what we do for our clients. They fill out an incident report. What happened? When did they find out? What you did right then and then remedy the situation. And then... The next important part is what did you do in your policy manual? What did you change in your policy manual to make sure that didn't ever happen again? If those you do those things and then what we do for our clients is you send that to us. And then once you send it to us, we review it for you, make sure your policy is correct, see if there's anything else you need to change. And then we send it back to you. Once that gets back to you, that incident report that goes into the back page of your, that's the next page of your compliance manual. Every time someone trains, what you do is you train on these mistakes. This is how you learn. If you do not do it this way and don't leave crumbs as to, you know, think about, you know, little writing, right? You leave a little crumbs as you go, as you go, as you go, as you go. Now, the reason why you leave crumbs is for what reason, Trent? To be followed. Yeah. You want this to be found. This is not one of those things you sweep it under the rug. You need to be found. Why do you need this to be found? Because if it ever happens again, it's a mistake in your training. If it happens again and you didn't write down what happened, you didn't actually train, you didn't actually go over it with people and it just, you just did it again. That means you intended it to happen again. That's the difference between paying a fine and having no problem in compliance world. They call that, they call that a civil monetary penalty versus false claims act or versus going to jail in compliance world in HIPAA. You're talking about the difference between uh, you know, a slap on the wrist versus a huge, huge fine. And that's, that's really the difference. That, that was great, John. You uh, opened up my mind and I'm sure you opened up a lot of other minds to uh, what this looks like and how to resolve an issue or even prevent it. Get, uh, let's go just a little bit deeper now. Can you give us an example of a HIPAA oh, violation? Tell me how much time do we have to tell funny stories? Yeah, well, <laughs> let's uh, let's keep let's keep okay. it here. Uh, well, here's sweet. So go. go I'll, give you, I'll give you a couple. The first yep. one is really the one that 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 people don't realize to say nothing to anybody. Say nothing. If you hear it, that's it. Let's be done with it. Just you heard it, and don't say anything to anybody. We had um, a CA who had an estranged husband, and the. Uh, the, they had a marketing person in their office and they were at an event and the marketing person ran into the CA's husband who no one knew that they were separated. Okay. The CA's like, Oh, you know, the CA's husband was like, Oh yeah, you know, I, I had to come in. I got to come in. I haven't been in a long time. And she talked to him and the doctor was actually there that day. So the doctor and the, and the marketing CA were both at the screening. They talked to the, to the husband and if, and it came up 
that he had a health problem. And they talked through it, talked through it, talked through it. And he agreed, okay, fine, we'll handle this. And okay, fine. But there was a secondary issue that was there, which was, you know, I was compared to everything else. The guy was also battling with prostate cancer, didn't, but didn't tell his estranged wife. Well, they get back into the office and the CA is talking about what happened at the, at the screening event and what the marketing CA say. Oh, we ran into your husband. We're really, you know, we, he's going to be in this week. Oh, really? Not, okay. Yeah, we're really, really sorry to hear that he has prostate cancer. Yeah. The, the loose lips sink ships. Don't, yeah, that's the, if, if you have to explain to your staff, the level of information that you have in our office is, it can be detrimental to someone's identity, can be detrimental to someone's mental health. Okay, that, that, that's the kind of information that you have. That's power. That's the reason why this whole HIPAA thing is so important. That is a powerful situation for staff to be in. They need to, say, they need to learn to say nothing. Nothing. That's a great example. That's a great example because uh, you came at it from the angle of staff opening up where, you know, (laughs) a lot of times as the chiropractor, you're only thinking about what, what can I, or what can I not do? Yeah. I had a call yesterday. The client called me yesterday and and said, we had someone from a workers' compensation group call and ask about a patient and they're asking about patients we don't have the names to. So we're saying, no, they're not a patient of ours. And I kept saying through the message, say nothing. Yeah, uh, I don't know if this pa- that what they should be saying is I don't know if this patient is one of ours, but here's our fax number. Please fax us the release and we'll get the information to you. But she kept saying, but but they're not patients of ours. So what difference does it make? Say nothing. Say nothing. Say nothing. Why do you say nothing? And it's not about this patient. It's about the relaxed feeling of you know what? I'm okay. I, I, I mean, there are times when I can release information. There are times when I should release information. No, release nothing. Because on the flip side, what if it actually was a patient and the staff got it messed up and the staff didn't look at something right? Like, oh, they weren't here. And now all of a sudden we've given information away about something that they shouldn't have. So, I mean, in these situations, when it comes to staff, they need to learn, say nothing. Say nothing. Anytime that someone asks, no problem. I'd love to help you. Here's our fax number. Please fax over the list. Please fax over the list with the patient signature and we'll get it to you. We'll get it to you in a heartbeat. No problem at all. That's no good. problem at all. And I'd say the last one on privacy would be not releasing, uh, not releasing records because of the patient didn't pay. The patient has a balance. You, you can't, you can't keep the records for a balance. You, ha- you have to send the, you have to send the records. The patient has a balance, so be it. Unfortunately, we, you know, we don't live in a, in a debtor's prison world and we can't hold them hostage. And, you know, and it's unfortunate because if you let you left your car stay at the mechanic, they have mechanics lean, but, we, right. but that's not how it works for us. So, you know, those, those are the two other things too that are, that are pretty much there. From a security standpoint, I would say um, make sure no one shares passwords. Yep. Don't share passwords across staff because if you have shared passwords, there's like someone who, who does marketing shouldn't have access to patient data Correct. if that's all they do. Um, so there's a level of hierarchy in what patients can have, what staff can have access to. Um, doctors, please, if you're going to use email for patients, uh, please use a secure email server. 
the last thing you want is to have your email hacked. And I'll tell you what, I get, I want to say at least three to four hacked emails a month. I mean, I, my database with Kairos that I've dealt with is, is, is decades old. And I get emails back and forth from people all the time. And three or four times a month, I get the email of, hey, listen, I'm stuck in, you know, I'm, 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 stuck, I'm stuck somewhere in, in uh, so, you know, somewhere in South America and I lost my wallet. Please help me. You know, it's a, you know, it's a scam email. Now, the reason why those are problems is because they break in. They steal all your contacts. They steal all your emails. They take everything out and then scour each email that you've ever used or written that haven't actually been deleted from the system. And they look for credit card information, look for uh, social security numbers, they look for health data, all those different things. And that's, that's a major, major no-no. If you have that problem, um, yeah, just, if, you know, even, even the worst thing, Facebook Messenger. Yeah, I just uh, got I, hacked last week on Facebook Messenger, so. Yeah, yeah. and if, you, yeah, and if you talk to your patients on Facebook Messenger, guess what? Don't, don't. That's yeah. why I get, I get, I get clients sometimes to get mad at me because they're like, I won't answer their questions on Facebook messenger. No, there's a reason we have a, we have a HIPAA secure portal, put everything there. That way we don't have this problem later, you know? And then the last one uh, I would say is please, when you get into practice and you're probably going to be, you're going to be technically advanced in your practice and have cool stuff. Uh, make sure you get someone. We don't do this, but I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll plug people that do make sure you get someone that can handle your HIPAA security electronically firewalls, things like that. Make sure you back up your data. I can't tell you in the last couple months, how many times we've had these two situations. One is we've had someone break into their, into their, into their network and then hold their data ransom. It's crazy. You don't pay me 10 grand. I'm not going to give your data back. Uh, oh yeah. In the last, in the last month we've had four, four incidents of that. And then the last one, then one, the other one, the other day, do not take stuff home or let your staff take stuff home. So right now we have a client who's missing a hard drive, yeah. a backup, backup. No one knows where it is. I have to call the police because the person who left was a staff member and they don't work there anymore. And she was the last one to have it and they don't know where it is. So, I mean, these, these types of issues, I mean, you just have to, you, these are, like I said, these are all self-inflicted. If you had a policy on, no one can leave with this information. No one can do this. No one can take paperwork home. No one can, and when we had a policy on all these things, that would work. Now, let me, can I, do you mind if I roll it into the other side of the business? Keep going. Two seconds. Okay. So the other side of it is this. Why did you not get your paperwork done and your notes done the day of? <laughs> Why do you have to take it home? Yeah. Because you didn't get it done. Because you're not fast enough. And that's the reason why I think this whole, this whole thing of, of compliance really wraps around into policy procedure. You see tons of people and there are people that don't. The difference between you and the other people is not DNA. DNA is not the DNA within your system is not the difference. The difference is systems, our yep. systems. And yep. if you find the right system to be able to manage it, this is true about whether you're working with Caraway or whether you're working in your own practice or whether you're working on compliance, all of those things are, are, are situations that you have, you have domain over. So systems are definitely, and if you have, if you, if you're not getting your notes done the day of, call me, let me know. And yeah. we can show you how to do that and get, and because think about it, if you don't get notes done the day of, you can't bill, you can't rest. 
you get the next morning and you have new patients coming in, but you haven't finished the day before. I mean, I don't think people are really, and it comes with, with HIPAA too. I don't think people truly and inherently are bad or mischievous or evil or intend to steal or lie or cheat. I think they end up in those positions because of what they've done in the past and they have to make compromises in order to, to maintain where they're at. And when it's the same thing comes to, yeah, these HIPAA things, Insure. I don't think people go out of their way to become, you know, insurance fraud monsters. Uh, I, I'm sure there's some, but I'd like to think the most people I've met aren't like that, but they've created a process in their practice that has made them be that way and they didn't know it. Bad systems. Yeah, bad systems. Exactly right. So if you have systems that you're not getting paperwork done, you got to take paperwork home. You're not getting done before you leave your office. Uh, you, you have staff that talk. All these things can be managed. Now, here's the thing. Trent, me and you, first day of chiropractic school, right? Did we yep. ever say to ourselves, man, I can't wait to learn about compliance? Never. <laughs> I, you know, my plug that I was going to give to you and I'll give it to you right now is uh, you're the one person I know who gets excited about this information uh, where you, you, you can, you can uh, ask around and communicate with other colleagues and most, if not all, either fall asleep or they defer to even uh, uh, dive into it because it's either uh, just too too boring or too uh, I don't know it's it doesn't have enough flavor. I I find this stuff from uh, I find it uh, informative and it's very applicable. It's applicable to my practice and my license. So um, I congratulate you for uh, relaying that passion you have for this topic and compliance in general. So uh, you Thank know. You. Uh, but then again, the other part of it is too that a lot of the information that we give is subluxation based, correct? And, it, and it's and it's directly back towards how you can rely on your philosophy, your chiropractic philosophy, to be able to support what it is that you do. And I think that's part of it too, because I a lot of what this whole compliance and I hope that no one really thought this was a fear based conversation as much as it was. Hey, listen, don't be self inflicted. You know, practice from power, get these processes down, do what you have to do. You can you can learn from other people's mistakes those types of things. Don't, not like if you do this, you're going to jail. I'm, I don't want, I don't want that. What I do yeah. want is I want, uh, I want people to understand that these are all things they can control. And if they control these issues, they don't have these issues because it's not like, you know, if, if I know that I'm, I'm wet and I pick up a hairdryer and I go into the shower, I'm going to electrocute myself. Well, I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to do any of those things. I'm not going to, you know, give, you know, self-inflict these wounds on myself. If you know these, if you know these policies, these procedures, these rules, you can manage all this stuff. It doesn't, and it doesn't have to fight your, your, your own philosophy. And, right. and personally, I don't think, you know, privacy, you know, uh, you know, patients' health information it is, you know, that privacy is an anti-chiropractic thing. I think that's right. a, a pro-human thing because you, you have so much power over somebody because of knowledge. And if you can, you can, you can provide these people with some level of security within, within their beliefs and what you're doing, then that, that goes a long way to also building the relationship between the doctor and the patient that they know that their information is also safe with you. That's great, John. Uh, you know, uh, I've been working with John for the last couple of years and I have nothing but positive things to say. If, uh, if anyone that's listening to this uh, wants more information, it's custom chiro solutions.com. 
Uh, he's got a great website that gives a really good overview uh, of just enough information for you to reach out to him. Uh, <laughs> is there anything else that you want to share with us before uh, we part way on this first of many conversations for this podcast? Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're in school and you're about to graduate, uh, one of the things we do for, for people who are opening their own practice after or opening their own practice, even if they've been out for a while and they're opening their own practice, from the time you sign on with us to the time you graduate, from the time you graduate, because we don't actually sign contracts with students. Um, let's say they graduate and they're going to, uh, they're going to graduate in January. They're going to open in April. Uh, as soon as they graduate, as soon as they graduate, they're more than welcome to contact us. And obviously they can count us to the website. Um, if they do, we actually work with them for free until they open. Good so we'll you. help them figure out their care plans, their dollar values, their fee schedules, how to manage their discounts through compliant coupons, which is also something that we have. Um, so all that stuff to be able to help them create the correct policies and systems before they actually create mistakes. So all those things, we help them figure out what is the minimum necessary to be able to manage that stuff for themselves. That's correct. I highly recommend it for, uh, for anyone who's looking to bring in an extra set of eyes and set of hands uh, for the practice because you can't swim like a swan when you're busy adjusting, right? You have to uh, bring other people in uh, to help you. It is you. impossible to manage compliance from the table. That is exactly yes. correct. No, that's good. I like it. We'll end on that positive note. Thank you for your time and wisdom. I learned a lot today and I look forward to our next conversation. Thanks guys. Take care. Yeah, you too. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you enjoyed with it by tagging us at Today's Tick on social media. This is your first episode. Please subscribe. Leave us a review. Reviews help us spread the message about chiropractic and the location analysis and correction of vertebral subluxation. Share this episode with your friends, classmates, and colleagues. And be a champion, be a hero, and send them this episode. You never know how far reaching something you think, say, or do today will affect the lives of millions tomorrow. BJ Palmer. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, mitigate, or prescribe the use of any technique as a form of treatment for any physical condition, symptoms, or diseases. Directly consult with a qualified healthcare professional for any chiropractic or medical advice. And in addition to the benefits of chiropractic care, one should also be aware of the existence of some risks. Risk associated with chiropractic care may include soreness, musculoskeletal sprain, strain, and fracture. In addition, there have been reported cases of stroke associated with chiropractic care. Research and scientific evidence do not establish a cause and effect relationship between chiropractic care and the occurrence of stroke. Rather, studies indicate that people may be consulting chiropractors when they are in the early states of a stroke. In essence, there is a stroke already in process. However, you are being informed of this reported risk.